Welcome to all of you from your centers. On the 19th February was the important Buddhist holy day that we know as Magha Puja. This commemorates when the Buddha gave the fundamental principles of the teachings of Buddhism. This sermon was given to 1,250 monks who were all fully enlightened arahants that the Buddha had ordained himself. All of the 1,250 monks came together without any prior announcement. Each monk thought of the Buddha and came together at Veluwana Monastery and listened to the Buddha teach the Awada Padimoka. All of the monks had excellent mindfulness and wisdom. They gathered there and there was also Venerable Sariputta, the right-hand chief disciple of the Buddha, foremost in wisdom. Venerable Mahamogalana, the left-hand chief disciple of the Buddha, foremost in psychic powers. And there was also Uruvela Kasapa, Gaya Kasapa and Nadi Kasapa there too, who had high samadhi or concentration and excellent wisdom. And having this samadhi is important. If samadhi is well established, then when one contemplates for the arising of wisdom, then one will gain spiritual attainments quickly. Samadhi is translated as concentration or a mind firmly established. This concentration has two aspects. If it is right concentration, then it is called sama samadhi. If it is wrong concentration, it is called mitcha samadhi. For instance, robbers and thieves or those that have wrong livelihood who cheat, steal and deceive others, like the many in the cyber world. They all have to concentrate and persevere as well. But this is a concentration that is wrong and deluded. It has drawbacks, it harms others and it depresses their own mind. This is samadhi that is not correct. This is samadhi that is misled from goodness and extremely misled from the Buddha's teachings. The Buddha said to give up all evil, for one to have right concentration, not wrong concentration, for one to give up bad thoughts and wrong intentions, and to give up all wrong actions from one's body, speech and mind. But in our lives, sometimes we end up doing these wrong actions, so what should we do? We have to understand that the thing that makes us speak wrongly, think wrongly, and have wrong intentions, it all comes from the root of the kilesas, the mental defilements of greed, hatred and delusion. These have been in our hearts for a very long time, but we must be determined to get rid of them, because if we don't, then these mental defilements in our hearts won't become extinguished by itself for sure. They follow us each life and each realm onwards. They don't disintegrate and disappear in this life and become nil. If it was like that, then they would be gone. But it's not like that. They follow our spiritual hearts each life onwards. The cycle revolves around continuously without a holiday for even one day. That is, unless we can cut the axle of the cause off. When we have gilesa or mental defilements, then we have karma 
or we act on that defilement. When we have karma, then we have the result of karma, which we call vipaka. And when we have the result of karma coming up, this then again makes the mental defilements arise. These three, gilesa, karma, vipaka, revolve around like this and become vata, which leads our minds to cycle around constantly being born and dying. So if we have thoughts or actions that are wrong, we have to give them up in this life so that they will diminish. We have to restrain our body and speech to have sila or morality. This is very important because it restrains the mind to stay on the right path. But we know that we have done things in the past that follows our thoughts, moods and emotions. And when we try to restrain our actions and speech, the mind becomes very heated. But this is just the mental defilements that are hot. So we must have a very high level of patience in all aspects. Back then, we used to not have sila dhamma, this basic level of morality. But then when we saw the drawbacks of not keeping sila and the benefits of keeping sila, then we were determined to practice and maintain sila. But then when we are good people who have sila dhamma, we still need a lot of patient endurance. This is because we have to live with others that are born in this world and many who don't have sila dhamma. We must meet with many people in work and other situations who don't have sila and this affects our minds a lot. We have to try to have patience living in this present day society and people with sila will likely get taken advantage of by others a lot. But it's not that we don't try to go against them. If we do fight, we can win against them, but we will overcome them through practicing the Dhamma as well. So we have to have patient endurance. This is the inner fight between Maga, the noble eightfold path leading to enlightenment, and the Gilesas, the mental defilements. If our patience is small, then the Gilesas have more strength. Then the Gilesas will lead us to speak and act. We don't have to even talk about thinking because we would for sure already be thinking badly. These thoughts will lead us to speak and act in a way that breaks Sila Dhamma. We will proliferate and think all sorts of things. The mind will not be peaceful and will be chaotic and all over the place. But if we have good mindfulness, concentration and wisdom, then Right concentration can restrain our actions and speech to be kept within sila. This is when maga, the noble path, has strength and can win over the kilesas in the heart. We can overcome them. So the inner fight in the heart can have two outcomes. If maga is strong, then it can win over the kilesas. Or if the kilesas have more strength, then it wins against maga then our mind will have suffering. So we have to have patience and we have to build our spiritual potential. And on this Maga Puja day, the Buddha taught to the 1,250 monks about patient endurance, that it is the highest incinerator of the mental defilements. Even though all the monks listening were all fully enlightened arahants already, the Buddha didn't need to teach them about patience 
but the Buddha laid down one of the most important spiritual qualities. And then that Nibbana is the Dhamma that is the supreme and most important Dhamma. So patient endurance will lead the heart to coolness, that is, by practicing it, one can attain Nibbana. But it's not that all the monks will have sharp wisdom and firm samadhi in the beginning. In the Buddha's time, there was one monk, Chula Pantaka, who had dull wisdom in the beginning. His older brother, Mahapantaka, had great wisdom. He learned the Buddha's teachings, practiced them, and attained to becoming an arahant. Mahapantaka and Chula Pantaka were the grandchildren of a very rich man in Rajagaha city who also had great faith in the Buddha. Mahapantaka was the foremost out of all the Buddha's disciples of mental cultivation. He later took his young brother Chula Pantaka to ordain as a monk. His younger brother had very dull wisdom, and as much as he tried to teach his younger brother, Chula Pantaka couldn't even remember any of the Buddha's teachings, even short verses. He thought it was a waste of time for his younger brother to ordain as a monk, so told him to leave his monastery. It so happened that Mahapantaka, who had the duty to assign monks to meal invitations, was assigning all the monks to have the meal at Dr. Jiwaka's house the next day. But he wouldn't assign or take Chulapantaka to this meal invitation because he had no wisdom. He wouldn't even let him have the meal there. He only wanted the monks who had wisdom and spiritual attainment. But this had its consequences as well. Chulapantaka felt saddened at being left out and thought it was better to disrobe. In the morning, he was going to leave the monastery, but due to his past spiritual merits, as he was going to leave and disrobe, he met the Buddha walking meditation at the door of the monastery. The Buddha asked Chulapantaka, Where are you going at this time? The Buddha knew but asked out loud. Chulapantaka answered, My Lord Buddha, my brother drives me away, so I'm going to disrobe. The Buddha then said to bring up awareness in Chulapantaka. Chulapantaka, when did you ordain for your older brother? Didn't you ordain for yourself? When your older brother told you to leave, why didn't you come to me? Come, stay with me. Chulapantaka stayed, and the Buddha stroked him on his head with his palm. When I hear this, I feel rapture. Imagine if this was us. If the Buddha stroked us on our head with his palm, we would have great rapture all through our body. So the Buddha led Chulapantaka to sit in front of the Buddha's perfume kuti. The Buddha gave him a clean white cloth, and the Buddha had him sit and rub the cloth and gave him a meditation mantra to repeat. Raja Haranang Raja Harati. This cloth is dirty. When he was rubbing it and repeating the mantra, in no long time the cloth became dirty and soiled like it was a hand towel. He reflected that this cloth was white and pure, and when it was constantly rubbed by me, then it lost its original clean quality and became dirty. Here, the monk recollected and gained insight that this heap of aggregates that we call a self isn't lasting or permanent. The Buddha knew his mind and taught him to see 
the impermanence of the compounded physical and mental aggregates. And when the Buddha finished the sermon, Chula Pantaka attained to becoming an arahant. At the same time when he was rubbing the cloth, the Buddha and the 499 monks came to Dr. Jiwaka's house. And as Dr. Jiwaka was going to give alms food, the Buddha closed his bowl and said that all the monks haven't arrived yet. There is still one monk in the monastery and for Dr. Jiwaka to go and invite that monk to come. This story was amazing as well that we may look at a later date. So we can see that of the monks who ordain in the Buddhist religion, some attained to arahantship already and then the Buddha ordained them, while some monks first gained Sotapanna, the first noble attainment, and then they practiced and listened to the Buddha's teachings and then became arahants. Like Venerable Sariputta, the right-hand chief disciple, foremost in wisdom, he listened to Dhamma from Venerable Asajitera and attained to only Sotapanna and took 15 days practicing and after 15 days he listened to the Buddha teach and attained to becoming an arahant, foremost in wisdom and the chief right-hand disciple of the Buddha. He was also present during when the Buddha gave the Awada Padimoka. This gathering was also a pure gathering, as all the monks who came to listen to the Padimoka had radiant, pure and spotless minds. The Buddha then laid down the fundamental teachings of the Buddha's dispensation in a sermon only given once, not performing any evil, cultivating the good and training one's mind to be purified. This is the teachings of all the Buddhas, everyone. So, the Awada Padimoka was laid down as a fundamental principle. And the Buddha also taught in more detail for the monks to practice, such as for monks to have restraint in the Padimoka, the code of discipline, to be ones who sit and sleep in secluded places, to be ones who train their minds, to be ones who don't harm others or insult others, be ones who know moderation in eating. This is the path to Nibbāna, and Nibbāna is the supreme Dhamma. So all of us, even as lay people, can use the Awada Padimoka to practice with, practicing to avoid evil, cultivating the good and purifying the mind. So try to build it. Try to let go of all that is unskillful or evil. This is building of great merit because one gives up the unskillful first and then does merit. Like when dyeing a cloth, one needs to wash and clean it first and then one can dye it and it will turn out a beautiful colour. To make one's mind good, one needs to give up evil or the unskillful first. Have the dirtiness in the mind reduce first. Then we do merit and the mind becomes clean and purified until it can become complete, that is, samadhi improves and becomes well established. We do our chanting puja and our dhamma practice. We keep training the mind like this and it will improve until the mind has samadhi and gains the insight to see the bodily and mental aggregates as not permanent. This is entering vipassana, where the mind becomes purified little by little. We will then see 
that in this mind of ours, the mental defilements have been there for such a long time that we don't even know for how long. It's so long that we can't count. We don't know when they begun and we can't damage or overcome them with any other means. Only with this weapon, that is the noble eightfold path, can we damage the mental defilements within the mind. We do so bit by bit till they are overcome completely. So you need to have patient endurance. You need this as well in your studies and work. Though I think that you already have a high level of patience. You are people who have loving kindness and compassion because you share a part of your wealth to promote Buddhism. That is done in homage to the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha and shows we have a high level of patience already. And we need to keep having patience in the building of more and more goodness. We keep doing this until our mind is firmly established. This is our puja or homage to the Buddha, of which we do on this important holy day that has come, Maga Puja. This year, may you keep practicing like this more and more regularly. Then the mind will become bright and radiant until one day the mind understands more and more Dhamma, until there are no more doubts about the teachings of the Buddha. This is when the inner monk will arise in our minds. May you have success in all aspects of the world and in the Dhamma. May you all grow in blessings.